And to all those of you who make up the press, once again, we want you to know that every Sunday from 8 to 12, uh, myself, the elders, or some of us will be here at the church, and we will be here to make sure you receive communion. If you're not able to physically come to the building, if you let us know, we will bring the communion to you. And we want you to remember that this Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, is Power Sunday. And this is an opportunity for us to give unto the Lord above our regular offering. Mm -hmm. And so we know that you will, and we trust that you will. And remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2, now concerning the collection, as I've given orders to the churches of Galatia, even those do ye, upon the first day of the week, that every one of you lay down still as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. And don't forget 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and, and 7. The Bible lets us know God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. So we're asking you, set aside what the Lord has blessed you with so that you might be a blessing to the Lord. And let's pray for this power Sunday offering even now. Let's pray. Oh, power and all wise God, our Father, we come lifting up those we're not only giving on Power Sunday in accordance with the regular giving, but those who will be blessed with the ability to give beyond the regular offering. We ask that you bless this offering, that it might be used for your glorification, the church edification, and the world's evangelization. We thank you for all things, and we ask your blessings upon it. And we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all who breathe say, Amen. Amen. Everybody ought to hold to his hand. Hold on to God's undertaking. Everybody ought to hold to his hand. To my God's unchanging hand.
These things we ask in your son's name. It won't be very long. It won't be very long till this election is. It won't be very long till Jesus shall Let's see. 
to take care of needy saints and to take care of the community around us. Continue to watch over and bless us, and we thank you for your Son, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. It's in the mighty and merciful name of Jesus that we pray and we give thanks, and we all say, Amen. Our next election will be when the morning comes. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the way that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But you guide us with thy and we'll follow till we die, and we will understand it thereby.
He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepared the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, we come thanking you for this day. We come thanking you for allowing us to arise out of our beds this morning or somewhere else we're going to We come asking you to go with us as we are about to go to our special places. We come praying that we will always stay by your side and that will lead you because we really need you at this time as we go through troubled times with the virus going around, everyone is scared, some of us don't know which way to turn, but we just know that you there for us and we don't have to worry, don't you 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 there with us. Because your will will be done. So we ask you to give us strength so we stop worrying and just live by faith. Because whatever is going to be done, you're in control of it. So we ask you to, to continue to be with us, strengthen and guide us. And that we'll have faith because. We know that you're going to bring us through this. So we ask you to continue to be with those, especially that, that's ill at this time, especially those that's been you know, out of faith, and then with this new incessant deliverance. We come ask you to continue to watch over us, strengthen and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody will be happy over there. Yes. Everybody will be happy over there. There's a happy land of promise over in the Arabia, where the sailors shall soon the glory share. the souls of men shall enter and Mm-hmm. 
place. Our hand hook all in a few that land so bright and fair. Those of you who are Christians, you're members of the Dale Crest Church of Christ, we just want you to know we love you and we love you with the love of the Lord. Yes. And for our members who are sick and shut in, we know God is able to yes. do exceedingly abundantly above all he asks for faith according to the power that worketh in us. Yes. We want you to know we have been praying for you. You have been on our hearts and you have been on our minds. And we're so thankful to those of you who are not members of the Dale Crest Church of Christ. We're asking you, this is your first time tuning in to our broadcast. We want you to hit the subscribe button at the end of this service because we want you to be in contact with us and we want to be in contact with you. And we just hope and pray that in the midst of this pandemic, yes. that you realize that we have a God yes. who's able to deliver us. Once again, I read in the Bible in Psalm 24 and verse number one that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. No matter what you're going through, if God brings you to it, then I'd rather tell somebody that the Lord can show enough bring you through it. And so we need to understand something that this coronavirus cannot hinder our fellowship because we can fellowship with God and we can fellowship with one another wherever we are. God is not limited to a location. 
wherever his children are, the Lord will be there. I read in John chapter 4 and verse 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. And we also understand that the church building is not the temple of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and about verses 16 through 18, the Bible says that you and I, our bodies, are the temple of God. And God dwells in our temple. And so we need to understand something. We do not preach a theology that is limited to a building. We preach a gospel that says our Savior dwells in us. And I read in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, I know he dwells in me. I know he dwells in you because John said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so we are not limited by meeting at a church building. We can worship God wherever we are. Remember what in Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 10? Remember John was exiled in the Isle of Patmos and John didn't have nobody else there with him but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And anytime you can worship God by yourself, as a matter of fact, sometimes the best worship you ever have is when you worship God all by yourself. I mean, when you have church by yourself, you don't need to wait for a praise leader to praise you up. You don't need an elder or a deacon to pray you up. You can praise God yourself. You can pray for yourself and you can raise even your own offering and give God some glory. Yes. Right. But just for a few moments, I know we're in the midst of this pandemic and I looked at the uh, statistics on Thursday and the statistics said that over a million people worldwide have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Think about that, a million people. And approximately worldwide, around 50,000 people have succumbed to this disease. And right now, our own nation is leading in the number of individuals who have been diagnosed with this virus. But the good news, there's another statistic that they're not sharing with you. 193,000 plus people worldwide who were diagnosed with COVID-19, they have recovered from COVID-19. Y'all need to give God some glory up in here. We need to realize that this virus can be defeated. Many people that have been diagnosed with the virus have overcome the virus. Instead of being overcome by it, they overcame the virus. So the virus is not a death sentence. And what you've got to do, you've got to change your thinking. And I want to speak from 
Matthew chapter 14 for just a few moments, beginning at verse number 22. If you have your copy of God's word, I want you to follow along with me as I read a few passages from this particular pericope, and then we will take a text for this lesson. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thy, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I want to speak as a spiritual guy with this thought in our minds. A fearless faith in troubled times. This is part two. A fearless faith in troubled times. I thought about to tell somebody that in the midst of this pandemic, you can have a fearless faith in the midst of your troubles. In the midst of this pandemic, you can still trust God to do for you what you can't even do for yourself. And I'm, I'm the type of person that when I look at a situation, I don't like to see the cup half empty. I like to look at it as being half full. I'm one of those individuals that when it comes to walking by faith instead of walking by fear, I'm trying to see what God is doing in a situation. And I know somebody might be asking Brother Houston, what is their positive about this pandemic that we can look at? Now, God forbid that um, we make light of those individuals who have died and those individuals who are sick. But we do need to realize that even though individuals have lost their lives, 
There is still something we can see in the midst of these troubled times that ought to cause us to want to shout because we can see the invisible hand of God moving. I saw this particular uh, text online and it said, when you look at the pandemic, here are some things about the pandemic that are good. Traffic is gone. Gas is now affordable. Y'all ain't gonna say amen. amen. Bills are being extended. Kids are at home with their families, with their parents. And now, instead of a daycare taking care of the children, now the parents are taking care of the children. Fast food has been replaced by home-cooked meals. Hectic schedules are replaced by taking power naps. The air seems cleaner. The world is quieter. People are conscious about hygiene and health again. We finally are listening to the authorities and we go home when they tell us to go home. Money doesn't seem to make the world go around anymore. And we now have time finally to stop and smell the roses. And lastly, but not least, most importantly of all, we have become individuals who are striving now to get closer to God. And I'm seeing folk now in New York City, the epicenter of this pandemic here in America, I'm seeing individuals, nurses and doctors, before they go into the hospital, they're laying out mats and they are praying to God. They're praying to God for their own safety. They're praying to God for the safety of their patients. They're praying to God for this entire world that there might come about a healing. There is something about this pandemic that has caused us to get on our knees and look to God. When I look at my text, in the text, the Bible points out in verse number 22, Jesus, the Bible says, and straightway he constrained, he compelled, he urged his disciples to get into a ship. Sometimes when we are following the Lord in the midst of the storms of life, Sometimes we find ourselves going through trials, tribulation, and trouble because we are being commanded, we are being constrained, we are being compelled by Jesus to go. Now, I just believe that providentially God allowed this pandemic to come about because maybe God is trying to get our attention. Maybe God is trying to get the attention of church to let the church know that it's not about the church of Christ, but it's about the Christ of the church. It's about us looking to God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. It's not about us strategizing, but it's trusting in God's word. God is trying to get this world to realize it's not about who's in the White House, but it's about who's in Heaven's house. 
We need to realize that the president does not run the world, but the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if God has allowed President Trump to be in office, God has allowed him to be in office because God desired it. And what we've got to do, we got to trust in God, not trust in world leaders. We need to pray and ask God to providentially lead our world leaders to do the things that are necessary to help us to overcome this pandemic. And so when I look at the world, I'm seeing people turn to God. I'm seeing people pray to God. And I'm seeing now even in the body of Christ, we're having genuine fellowship. I know it's online. But you know folk love the Lord, that when they get up in the morning and they turn to our YouTube channel and they hit the subscribe button or the like button or even the dislike button, and even if they dislike what they're hearing, at least they watched. That means these individuals are sincere about worshiping God. We have our midweek Bible study online. We have our hallelujah time. I mean, all the brothers in our men's Bible study, they were excited about the word. When we had our teachers meeting last night, we showed up, had some church up in there. And the women had some church also. They had as many as 100 women to tune in to the online service. All I'm trying to tell you is God is compelling us. God is constraining us. Just like he constrained and he compelled these disciples to get into a ship, he's compelling us to get into his ship, which is the body of Christ. Yes. Then he says and to go before him on the other side. See, we all got to go to the other side. Yes, I, we might not want to go, but everybody got to go to the other side. And I don't know how you all feel about it if you're watching me, but I want you to know I want to make sure that Jesus is in my life before I go to the other side. And so he told the disciples, go on to the other side. But it's all right as long as Jesus is the one who's leading you or telling you to get ready to go to the other side. So he constrained them. And then not only did he constrain them, he got rid of the crowd. See, our problem sometimes is we too concerned about what the crowd said. But the Bible says he stood the multitude of the crowd away. See, we think we got to have a crowd to have church. I already told you I can have church by myself. I don't need a crowd. And you know, when you have a church by yourself, you're not going to be fake. You're not going to front. Because you have a church by yourself, you can show up, get real with God, and you can get real with yourself. And when he had sucked the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, and I just like to believe that even though Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of God, the Bible points out that he's making intercessions on our behalf even now. Yeah. 
Just like he was praying in the mountain while he sent his disciples away, while he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, saying, do you believe he's praying for you? I believe he's praying for me. And the Bible says that when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, watch this, was now in the midst of the sea. There's a whole lot of preaching in that because Jesus waits until his boys are in the ship. Watch this. They're in the midst of the sea. Which means they've got just as much sea behind them as they have in front of them. It takes just as much effort to continue and go over to the other side as it does for them to turn around and go back in the opposite direction. And that's what the Lord does. He waits until we in the middle of a predicament. He waits until we in the middle of a situation where there's just as much distance to go on as there is to turn around and go back. And so you've got to make a decision. And the Bible says while we're in the midst of the sea, that's when the storm shows up. Have you ever been in a situation where it just looks like things are going smooth? You're selling along in life and everything seems to be fine. Yep. And then you have a health crisis. Uh -oh. Then you have a wealth or a finance crisis. But see, I've told you all before, it's never about your finances. The enemy is after your faith. It is never about your fitness. He's after your faith. It's never about your family or your friends or your foes. He's after your faith. These fellas find themselves in the midst of a crisis all because they were obeying Jesus. And the Bible says they were tossed with the waves. Who am I preaching to? You're in a storm right now. Right now, you, you're worried about your health. It might be your allergies, but you think you got the coronavirus. You're watching too much television. You need to get away from the television. And you need to spend some time in your closet talking to God. You need to get away from the internet. And you need to open up the word of God instead of going to Facebook won't you face the book? Instead of going to Twitter, open up the word of God and spend some time letting God talk to you. Yes. You need to feed your faith and quit feeding your fear. And the Bible says that they were tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. And the Bible says in verse 25, and in the fourth watch, now, there were four watches. The first watch was from six to nine. The second watch was from nine to 12. The third watch was from 12 to three. The fourth watch was from three to six. And in the fourth watch, that's when it is darkest. In the fourth watch, that's when Jesus shows up. He shows up at the darkest time. 
He shows up when the crisis is at its greatest. He shows up when they look like there's no way out. These boys can't, they can't paddle their way out. They can't sail their way out. They can't think their way out. They can't swim their way out. If they gonna get out, God got to bring them out. Why are we going through this pandemic? The doctors are doing all they can do. The scientists are doing all they can do. The politicians are doing all they can do. The millionaires and the billionaires are doing all they can do. And we need to pray that God bless them with the wisdom to come up with a cure. But if they do come up with a cure, it'll be because God mandates it. But my point is, if we're going to get out of this pandemic, we got to quit walking by fear. And we got to start walking by We've got to trust God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He comes with his darkness. He comes when his boys are panicking. Now Peter was a fisherman. Peter should know about storms. He had to have been in storms before but I believe this is a storm that God providentially allowed to happen. And I believe this pandemic is a storm that God has providentially allowed to come about. Because just like these boys are in the midst of this storm and they don't know what to do, our entire world is in the midst of a storm and we don't know what to do. And what we need to do is we need to turn to God like we've never turned to him before. So it says that in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them. Watch this. Walking on the wall. Y'all just miss your shot. He was walking on what troubled them. He was walking on their problem. He was walking on their fear. He was walking on their trial, the tribulation, and the trouble. In other words, he had power over it. It did not have power over him. And when you have this fearless faith, it gives you the ability to have power over your fear instead of allowing your fear to have power over you. Then I tell you all in the last sermon, quit telling God about how big your problems are. Start telling your problems how big your God is. Quit telling coronavirus that it has power over you. And start telling coronavirus that your God has power over it. So the Bible says he was walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, 
They were troubled. And I, I don't feel so bad when being a preacher, I know sometimes as elders and deacons, if we want to be real, sometimes, sometimes we're troubled in our spirits. Sometimes we wonder how we're going to make it. How are we going to overcome this situation? And when I look at these boys here, they were with Jesus for three and a half years. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him cleanse lepers. They saw him open blinded eyes and open deaf ears. And they, they saw him do all these wonderful miracles. But yet, they're troubled. They've seen him deliver folk. And yet, they are troubled. Why in the world would they believe that the Lord would compel them to get into a boat to go to the other side? If Jesus said, I'm going to meet you on the other side, why in the world do you think you will perish in the sea? The Bible says they were troubled. And they started saying, it's a spirit, it's a ghost. And notice what it says, that they cried out for fear. Fear will eliminate faith. But you need to walk in your faith so it can eliminate your fear. And then the Bible says, but straightway, immediately Jesus spake of them saying, be of good cheer. Wait, think about this for a moment. The ship is tossing to and fro with the wave. The lightning is flashing in the sky. The sky is loud with the roar of thunder. And the only way you can see Jesus is when the lightning flashes and you see his silhouette walking on the water, who wouldn't be terrified and think is anything else other than Jesus? But Jesus says, in the midst of your storm, be of good cheer. Yes. In the midst of your crisis, be of good cheer. In the midst of a pandemic, be of good she. Why, Jesus? It is I. Be not afraid. Then he tell us, I'll never leave nor forsake, forsake you. Then he said, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. And then in verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, so he still got some doubts. Yeah. That word if, that's a one syllable word, but that's a powerful word. That's the same word that the devil used in Matthew chapter 4 when he questioned the sonship and deity of Christ. When he said, if you be the son of God. Yes, See, if is filled with doubt. Don't put an if on God. Amen. He said, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And then Jesus commanded him, he said, 
come. Now let me say this. I think it's safer on the sea in the storm with Jesus if he says come than it is to be in the boat without Jesus. Now we can criticize Peter on what's going to happen after he leaves the boat, but at least Peter had enough faith to come on the water. Now there were 12 fellas in the ship, but only one had the fearless faith it takes for a moment. Now y'all notice I said for a moment. I'd rather have a moment of fearless faith than to have a lifetime of faltering fear. Yes, yeah. And just for a moment, Peter had that fearless faith where he was willing to leave the safety of the boat to come to Jesus on the wall. Who am I preaching to? You need to realize something. It is safer for you to be in the storm with Jesus than it is for you to stay in the comfort of your confinement without Jesus. Amen. And so Peter, the Bible says, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Look at Peter. He's walking on his fear instead of allowing his fear to walk on him. Yeah. He's walking on his crisis instead of allowing his crisis to walk on him. He's walking on his problem instead of allowing his problem to walk on him. Now I know, I know, I know, I know what you're saying, preacher. He walked, but he didn't walk long. But he walked enough for the book to say, Peter walked on the water. Look at what the text says. He walked on the water with purpose. Why do you say that, preacher? He was going to Jesus. So you got to have a purpose. His motivation for walking on his problem was he had his eye on Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 1, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See, you've got to keep your eye on Jesus and not on your problems. Keep your eye on Jesus and not on this pandemic. Keep your eye on Jesus I know some of you all are unemployed now because perhaps you worked in the hospitality profession and now you're unemployed. And I saw the uh, statistics, 6.6 .6 million people now are unemployed. In the history of America, you've never had that many people to be in the unemployment line at one time. But I brought by to tell you, 
just like Peter was walking with a purpose, even if you got to go to the unemployment line and you're waiting for that stimulus package to send you that check, just trust on God to bring you through. Walk on your problem. Don't let your problem walk on you. And as I get ready to close, but when he saw the wind boisterous, Peter was doing all right as long as he was looking to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was doing all right as long as his focus, his faith, and his follow-through was based on Jesus. But the book says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, what's your point, preacher? He took his eye on Jesus and started looking at his problem. The Bible says, when he looked at his problem, instead of looking at Jesus, instead of looking at Jesus and walking by faith, he looked at his problems and he started giving in to his fear. Yes. And the Bible says, beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. See, sometimes you don't, you don't have time for one of those long, eloquent, beautiful prayers like the one you heard today. <laughs> Peter just prayed three words. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? And as I close, the Lord wants to save you. But if you want him to save you, don't give in to your doubt. If you want the Lord to deliver you, don't give in to your doubt. What is doubt? Is the devil outsmarting us through treachery. Don't give in to your doubt. you got to give in to your faith. And so, we got to pray for you, but if you don't know the Lord right now, and the pardon of your sins, just like Peter asked the Lord to save him, maybe there's someone watching this telecast and you need the Lord to save you. And if you don't know him in the part of your sin, I need to tell you what you need to do. You need to come to him having heard the gospel. Romans 10 and verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to believe that Jesus died for you. But he didn't stay there. He got up early Sunday morning with all power in the palm of his hand. And then you've got to be willing to believe, Hebrews 11, verse 6, for without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. And then, my friend, you need to repent of your sins. Acts 17, 30 and 31, the times of this ignorance, God wants weep, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Repentance is a change of mind the result and a change of behavior. And then, my friend, you've got to be willing to open your mouth and confess the sweetest name that was ever uttered by human tongue. 
And that is, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just like the unit did over there in Acts chapter 8 and about verse number 40. Then baptism is a point where God makes you a member of his body. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. And then be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown. Revelation 2 and verse 2. My friend, God wants you to have a fearless faith in the midst of these troubled times. Will you, will you make plans to come to Jesus before his everlasting and eternity to me? If you don't mind, let us bow and we'll go to God in prayer on behalf of those who are members of the body of Christ. If there's sin you need to confess, confess it. God already knows. And I pray for you. If you need strength, confess it. God already knows. If you're worried about your situation, God already knows. If you need healing, peradventure, perhaps God might bring about a healing that you need. But let's go to God in prayer. Oh, powers of our last God, our Father, we come in your presence. And in the midst of this pandemic, Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Father, for being our Father. We thank you for Jesus who made it possible. We thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for your church, the body of Christ. We thank you for the Word of God, which gives us a pathway to heaven. We thank you for the fellowship of the saints. But Lord, we thank you for faith. Help us to have a fearless faith in the midst of these troubled times. Father, bring us together as families. Bring us together as a world. Bring us together as a nation. Bring us together as a state. Bring us together as a city. Bring us back together as a community. Bring us back together as a church. Forgive us for our sins. Help us to repent of our sins. And if this pandemic is a judgment, a reckoning from you, help us, Lord, to repent in our hearts and in our spirits and in our minds. And if it be thy will, forgive us and heal our land. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all who agree to say, Amen. Amen. Once again, to the Dale Crest Church, I want to encourage you, if you have not received your communion, we'll be at the church building, Lord willing, every Sunday from 8 to 12 noon. Come on by to get your communion. If you don't have transportation, then the elders and I will work it out. Or we'll bring it to you if you can't come to it. You can also set aside your Levites or your offering. Don't forget that even though we're not able to come together physically, the work of the Lord goes on. God bless you and may he bless you real good. Thank you for watching.
Yeah. 